Hey friends, hope all is well. Today we are in Proverbs chapter 14, looking at verses 26 through 28, which says, In the fear of the Lord, one has strong confidence, and his children will have a refuge. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life that one may turn away from the snares of death. In a multitude of people is the glory of a king, but without people, a prince is ruined. So today we are talking about the fear of the Lord. And uh, what do you think the context should be for the way we fear God? Should we fear him like people fear maybe a ruthless dictator? No, God is not like that. Maybe like an abused child fears their, their father who does them wrong. No, definitely not. What about the child who has a good loving father? Do they fear their father in any way? Sure they do. So as a child grows, their character changes, and there's potential for them to mature, right? And take on the attributes of their good loving father. But throughout that journey, they're going to have times of disobedience. And when they're thinking about doing wrong, it's the fear of a spanking from a loving father that potentially motivates them to choose obedience instead of disobedience. And Solomon says that the children of a man who fears the Lord will have a refuge. And I think it's this fear that creates a refuge. Um, it's building this safe perimeter in the middle of a dangerous jungle, you might say. It's uh, as they fear and they grow in maturity, it's like building a map that highlights the traps and the dangers of a broken world and where they might go astray and how they may get hurt. So, so what's the difference in fearing an evil dictator and a good loving father? Um, it may be that a child who knows their father loves them so much that helps to awaken them to the fact that his discipline is to turn them away from the pitfalls of a troubled world. And it's for their good. And the Lord actually loves us much more than any earthly father ever could, right? And being all-knowing, he knows exactly what is best for us more than any other person could. And when he speaks and when he, he commands, it's in love. And it's always for our good. So that's one of the big differences in fearing the Lord over a, a father who abuses his child. I mean, we know that God does it out of love. And it's for our good. That's what his commands are for. And that's what his discipline is for. Hebrews 12, 6 says, For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. And Solomon says, in this fear of the Lord, there is strong confidence. And confidence comes from, seems to me, God's word backing us up. So when we're walking and obeying God's commands, his word is going to back us up. It's going to give us confidence. The king of kings, the creator of the universe, is backing us up. So our confidence will be waning if we turn back to walk in disobedience, right? 
I mean, we can have no confidence in our old default mission in life, seeking our own glory, looking for freedom and um, happiness by rebelling against God like a child that has contempt for his earthly father. Our new mission is seeing and sharing the glory of our Father in heaven. That gives us joy. I mean, he gives us freedom, true freedom. And Solomon says, fearing God in the right way is a fountain of life. And that's where our confidence soars. So 2 Timothy 1.7 and verses that follow, I talk about this confidence and our new mission. Here's what it says. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. And verse 8 goes on, Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord. So, we have this confidence, and we have this this mission, and we're to be bold in being about that mission. Verses that follow go on to talk more about this good news that we are to share. Uh, Finally, in our text today, our passage, verse 28 says, In a multitude of people is the glory of a king. But without people, a prince is ruined. Look, every ruthless dictator uh, that rules out of a heart of disobedience toward God, causing fear in his subjects, he does not have a multitude of people who truly support him from the heart, who call them their king, who give him their uh, true allegiance. He does not love them, and they do not love their leader. Father God, thank you for loving us enough to send your only begotten Son, Jesus, to live a perfect life, to die a sinner's death. He paid the wages of our sin on the cross, and uh, to impute his righteousness to all who hope in him, all who delight in him, all who believe in him. Thank you for raising him up on the third day. And thank you for giving us that same power that raised him from the grave to live victorious lives over sin as we walk with you. And thank you for raising us up one day, incorruptible, to be with you forever with an inheritance. And Lord, thank you that while we're here on mission for you, um, as we falter, that you love us enough to discipline us when we need it for our good and for your glory. Thank you for this great gift of Jesus in our lives. In his name we pray. Amen.